everyone, and welcome back to Girl Inside, a podcast which is apparently as inconsistent as my menstrual cycle. Like, who knows when I'm recording these or putting them out? You're here with me, Hannah Darkling, and I'm going to talk to you about some stuff I've been thinking about the past two weeks. I don't know how long since I last recorded one. Since I last put one of these out is a very different story because I'm doing a lot of recording them when I have the energy and then it's a lot of days before I have the energy to edit and put them up. I do a lot of talking about being engaged with my own face and voice and creating content on this podcast and I think that's a bit too fourth wally for me. I'm going to try to step back from that. Um, but even talking about that is really fourth wally. So like, you know, just Hannah have some thoughts that aren't about making stuff for the internet but that's all I think about is just wanting to make content but not liking any of my ideas or thinking that they're too simple I have a really negative interaction with when people do something really simple really well because I'm like the idea in and of itself isn't special Um, a lot of those like shit mums say or shit North Shore kids say or shit Melbourne people say all of that that was popular a few years ago I had a real issue with it (laughs) because I was like that's not smart you've taken that from like a list of how many blah 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 school kids does it take to screw in a light bulb jokes that we all told when we were in high school and you're suddenly applying it to like this is what private school kids say and you're like you none of those jokes are original to you you've stolen them you've just put them in a different format or like Things that mums say isn't an original idea, but for some reason, like, shit mums say videos on YouTube went really well. Um, And there are a few people who now, in Australia specifically, that have, like, careers in comedy because they made those videos to start off with. And I'm like, no, that's cheating. And I don't know why I hate them so much because, like, every joke has been done. Every story has been told. Originality isn't what we're striving for. It's like adding a layer onto things that we already have in our consciousness, right? So which is the version of originality that we accept. And for some reason, I'm really angry at people who like produced a good video or a good Vine or TikTok or I don't know, Instagram story. And there are a few people that I follow that are doing it. And it's like, they're not original ideas, but they're good. They're well-made. And they're well acted and they're funny and enjoyable to watch and relatable. And so like rightly so they're getting popular. But part of me is like, I could have done that. I think that's what annoys me is that is not that they've done it. But like, I know I could have done that if I wasn't such a perfectionist or a stickler for like, no, you have to totally reinvent the wheel every time you come up with content, which is really what I do when I try to. When I'm writing my own scripts, uh, for some reason, it doesn't happen when I'm editing other people's stories. I'm just like, yeah, this is great. It doesn't need to be super different. People love rom-coms or people love horror films. They're going to watch another one that follows the same beats. But when I'm writing my own, I'm like, this is boring and it's just ripped off of these movies. Uh, So I have this real weird thing about originality and creativity. So I'm constantly engaged with creating content and feeling like what I want to create isn't like good enough. And then, of course, I do something for two months it doesn't go viral because like two months is not enough consistency for any algorithm to give any of a shit about you and I'm like I tried so hard and it doesn't work I'm quitting this and then I start something else and so then my entire persona online and my entire uh, every computer recognition system that's trying to figure out who I am as a content creator to show me to people who might care has no idea who I am Because I think I have no idea who I am. And isn't that what Girl Inside is really about? Just trying to figure out who I am and also burping. 
oh gosh, I just ate lunch real fast. I have been doing um, intermittent fasting. Um, I'm back on that train. I'm cutting down my carbs again. I'm cutting down my sugar again. I'm really happy about it. Um, specifically wrote on a shopping list this week. I was like, do not buy chocolate. Do not buy chips. I do not want any of these in the house. So like, yes. Was there a family pack of Tim Tams still in the cupboard from the previous week's shop? Yeah. And have I been eating them still? Can I not say the word eating? And have I been eating them still? Yes. But we're not going to eat any more once they're gone is the point. Also, probably we'll go to Macca's drive-thru at some point. But look, the concept of being healthy is the first step to the action of being healthy. You know what I mean? Like we're thinking about cutting out things from our diet and being healthier and getting back into exercising because there was two weeks there where I was like, I'm going to be a slug on the couch. And I was and it was good and I think I did need it. But now I'm ready to like do some things. But it's raining today. I was like, going to go for a walk for the past two or three days. I've been like, I'm going to go for a walk. And it's just been such shit weather. That I haven't been able to do that. So, oh, no, I'm so annoyed that I can't go for a walk. Again, it's the thinking about it for a really long time before we begin. That's an important part of the process. So we have to allow ourselves that. I don't, I don't, um, I haven't really done anything, which I think is part of the beginning of every Girl Inside episode. It's like, I haven't really done anything this week, but here are some thoughts that I had about content creation and myself because that's what Girl Inside is. It's just, hey, Hannah's inside. Um, but I was, I got, I went down a rabbit hole of, I have a VPN, uh, which I don't really use that often, but when I'm trying to watch something from another country, I use it. And I went down a rabbit hole of UK TV and Channel 4 shows uh, love those British panel show comedy shows. Like I, that, that's like my favorite type of TV show. And I think Australia hasn't replicated them very well. They definitely got close with Spicks and Specs. And then they tried to do it with, have you been paying attention? But like, I don't think Australia does those panel shows very well. And I think it's because Australia just just doesn't have that many great stellar comedians that are prepared to come on a show like that. So you get kind of these like D list comedians who like, aren't very funny. And I think probably like haven't put in enough work like as a stand-up to know what works for an audience. Are sort of doing like half-assed jokes that kind of are like, yeah, they're funny and you can see potential, but they're not that great. This is me as a person who's never done stand-up and isn't a comedian and never will be and isn't very funny and is only kind of like quote-unquote funny in terms of maybe banter when I'm sort of flirting with somebody or like hanging out with friends that I know quite well, I'm not a funny person would love to be and constantly say I am in hopes that that will turn me into one. So all of this is like people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I'm going like, Oh, you're not very funny, but I'm also zero funny. But I think that there is a, a, like the quality of comedians on those UK shows who go on them are so much higher than the quality of comedians that go on the Australian ones. And that's why I say Spicks and Specs got the closest. Um, and they've been playing a lot of Spicks and Specs reruns because they are running out of TV shows. Has anyone else noticed that? At the moment, TV channels are just replaying a lot of stuff from 10 years ago. And Spicks and Specs is great, but I have realized recently I don't like Adam Hills. I used to love him when I was younger and first getting into comedy, but now I'm like, I don't know this. I just find him really smarmy. And so 100% of whether or not I watch Spicks and Specs is based on who the guests are. Like if it's Frank Woodley, I'm watching it. If it's Hamish Blake, I'm watching it. There are a few other people like, yeah, I'm watching it. Um, Sam Simmons, oh, so funny. But there are a few people who I'm just like, I don't care. 
and I'm not going to watch the whole show. The, the format of the show isn't enough to keep me enticed if the guests aren't good enough. Whereas something like Would I Lie to You, which is one of the UK shows, there's something about how well that's formatted or my favourite show of all time, Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown, which is a mashup of two other shows. Those shows, the format is strong enough that even if the comedians aren't super strong, it still ticks along and it feels like it's flowing and it gives other people enough chance to, I don't know, throw in and joke. And the format is important, but also it's not the focus. Whereas sometimes with Spicks and Specs, I'm like, I don't know, they did a lot of trying to gear the questions towards the special guests. And because it was a music quiz show, they would sometimes have like an opera singer on or like a musical theatre person who is famous in those circles, but to a wider audience, like isn't famous and we don't care about that topic. So some of those episodes are really like a struggle to get through. Um, whereas it, it, with the UK shows, I feel like they're very, the format is the focus and the comedians definitely, like I've said, higher calibre, but also they buy into the format a lot stronger. They're not there to do something different and just use that TV show as a platform to talk about themselves or their interests. They're buying into that format 100%, which is also why one of my other favorite TV shows, and I say eight, of ten, eight out of 10 Cats Does Countdown is my favorite, but it might not be. might be my second favorite. It's just more readily available and makes me feel smarter. <laughs> which we all know I love. I love to feel very smart doing maths and word games and being like, I'm ace at both. Uh, but my, I think maybe my favourite kind of one of those quote-unquote panel shows is actually Taskmaster. And I went down a rabbit hole on Channel 4 of watching Taskmaster and then some of the people who were on the series, I was like, wait, what have they done recently? And then started watching their shows that they've been on outside of Taskmaster and obviously Greg Davies, who I'm forever in love with there's just something about him he did a stand-up special called was it you magnificent beast and the promo photo was him like topless up to his waist in water in this lake with like swans around him (laughs) which is hilarious because he's like six foot eight and rotund in the belly uh and at this point in time i think he's like 50 something maybe i can't i don't know his age but he's like an older dude and just the You Magnificent Beast, I'm just like, he is though. There's something about him. There's just like a, I don't know, he's draws attention and not just because of his height, because of just his mannerisms and his stature. And by stature, I mean like the way he holds himself, again, not his physical height, but like there's something about him. I just love him. He's so funny, which is part of why I started watching Taskmaster because I was like, well, if Greg Davies is in charge of something, I'm there. And then obviously the format is what kept me coming back. Even sometimes there are seasons where out of the five comedians who are given these tasks, which are all outrageous and very much focus on lateral thinking, sometimes those comedians, sometimes they aren't comedians. There was a guy from the TV show The Chaser, which I don't know what that is, but it's some kind of quiz show and he's one of the like eggheads but that's but that's from the tv show eggheads he's like a smart guy who is popular and on tv but he's definitely not a comedian but the format of the show allows humor to come out of these scenarios and it's not based on you being like oh i would wrote a quick witty joke about this topical thing or we're all bantering and there's an aspect of that when they're on the stage but that's not the focus and these people 
who previously I'm like, I didn't know who any of these are. There's five of them and sometimes you might kind of know one or like one or two, but you learn to love them and you watch them regardless because the show format is so strong. And something I really learned, which I think I've always known about myself, but really came to the forefront when I was rewatching series of Taskmaster again, is how much I love implementing a system and following it. <laughs> and they do individual tasks and they do team tasks. And there was a team task where basically they they said outright, this is about creating a system and following it. And that's how you win. And one of the teams didn't create a system. And like my skin was boiling. I was like, I can't even watch this. I have to skip forward through it because it's making me so angry that you know the answer and you're just choosing to not do it. And that you could have created a great system, an easy, simple system (laughs) and come out on top, but you chose not to. And that makes me so angry. Um, If you've seen my pantry at home, you know I love systems. If you've ever worked with me, you know I love systems. Lists, ticking stuff off, creating, you know, routines. Um, But I can't do it in my personal life. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, Because for some reason I think maybe that doesn't matter to me. I don't know. Like that's the the moment where I'm allowed to kind of just fuck around. It's like in my personal life I don't need a system. But then that's how we get mental health issues being exacerbated because we aren't exercising or eating right Mm, anyway talking about that again okay i need to explain to you that i am caught in a sort of tupperware party thing of like life coaching and like empowering women empowering other women of instagram ads and like free webinars And like PDF downloads on Facebook and Instagram constantly showing me those ads. And I have done well a year or two ago. I did a lot of like free webinars on creating online courses for – because tangentially at work we were doing that. But I kept seeing them and I did one just to kind of see what it was about. And I was like, oh, it's not very good, but oh well. And then the algorithm just kept showing me more and more because I kept clicking on them. And I kept giving my email address to these – um, lists, these email lists, which was like, if you give us your email, you'll get a free webinar or a free PDF download about like creating a brand or like getting the most out of your customers or your email list. And it's like building an email list based on teaching people how to build an email list. And it's this kind of Ouroboros of like, I don't know, lifting other people up by lifting other people up. And there, I have been to VidCon multiple years. And also there was, um, a talk that I went to, not last year, but the year before in the industry section, which was by a YouTuber who was like, I'm a businesswoman now and I'm teaching people how to teach people. And I was like, what, what are you teaching us? She was like, um, I'm teaching you that to be a coach, you have to have uh, classes. And so make classes and the content of those classes is going to be how to make classes. And I'm like, so we're copying exactly what you've done just with our own branding. And it's just classes on how to teach classes. Oh my gosh. It's so frustrating. I wouldn't mind if it's like, here's an online course on how to write a good web course like that's fine an online course on how to write a good web course is fine it's the problem is when you're like I want to make one of those or I want to start a website which is part of why I did it as well because I have a website or I want to write an article and all of them problems is well I know how to do those things or from your free course or free pdf I'm learning how to do those things my question is 
what is my content? Like, what am I teaching people about? What do people care about enough that I'm bringing them into? And all of them, their answer is, well, your content is teaching other people, which is why I say it's a Tupperware party. It's a pyramid scheme. I don't love it. What I realized, I think half from Taskmaster, which is how I got onto this. And I don't know why, because I think I was looking up who one of the people were and they're like listed as a comedian, but they're not funny. They just talk on stage. And I was like, well, then that's just kind of like a motivational speaker. I think half that and half this Instagram situation advertorial shit that I'm stuck in, where they're the only ads I see and I click on them. So it's my fault. I'm clicking on them. But I'm like, well, what if this is the one? What if this is the good one that actually teaches you how to write a course about something you care about as opposed to writing a course about how to write a course, which is a waste of my time. Um, And all of those are pre-recorded. I just want to let everyone know. It's like, it's a live masterclass. And you're like, no, it's not. It's pre-recorded. They turn off. They do like, I'm just going to screen share now. And then their face fucks off and goes and makes a coffee and pre-plays of like a video that they've pre-recorded. And you can tell because the audio changes. But everyone's dumb. That's the thing. And there are people in the comments. It's like a live webinar and people in the comments like asking questions. They're like, we'll answer questions at the end. But ask them now to like keep the chat going because that, for some reason that's like engagement. But it's not on a social media platform. So there's no algorithm. But I don't know. It helps them somehow to have people comment. That's the point where I like stop understanding creating shit online. I don't know why they need people to comment or just maybe it's a it's a placebo effect to make them feel like they're engaging and learning as opposed to just watching a video that you could have got for free on YouTube without having to sign up to a stupid email list that's going to spam you bullshit about like, let's be an empowered woman all the time. Um, and they always get to the end and like, all right, we're going to um, answer some questions. So um, Susie in Minnesota asked, and you're like, there's no Susie from Minnesota in this chat. That question's never come up. You've got pre, it's like a frequently asked questions section. And they just hope that the questions that they like choose are the ones that people are most likely going to ask. And probably they are, because, you know, if you're good enough at that kind of business you know what your frequently asked questions are going to be you know what you've intentionally left out of your presentation so the questions at the end you can feel like and I'm going to give you some extra tips but that's built into the present like the encore at a rock concert is built in they know everyone's going to cheer and they're going to come back out and play their biggest hit for you so it's that um, and the audience is just so dumb that they don't realize that that's what they're doing and I do a lot of signing up to email lists and then the first thing they send me I'm like unsubscribe I've got the free pdf download I'm not interested in anything else instantly unsubscribe which look I might be shooting my own foot here because apparently that's what I'm supposed to be doing is building an email list but I hope that if I ever did that it would be something of value and I would only uh, attract people who actually gave a shit about what I was sending out but I'm not like that seems like a lot of effort and I'm not really interested in that but this whole space of Sometimes I think I want to be a stand-up comedian, but I'm not funny and I don't I don't care about crafting a joke. Like that doesn't seem interesting to me about like a setup and a punchline. That's not like I want to be fun to be around. I want to be funny and bantery, like I said before, but I don't want to be a comedian and I want to be able to write TV shows that are like a li- like make you laugh sometimes, but not necessarily a comedy TV show. I don't I want them to be dramas about emotion with like lighthearted moments. That doesn't make me a comedian or a comedic writer. 
But I constantly have this feeling of like, I want to be a comedian. I want to be a stand-up comedian, Um, which is clearly the same thing that was happening where I spoke in another podcast about creating New Year's resolutions. And one of them I created was, I want to be in a choir. And the two things that were happening there were, I want to be good at singing and I want to make friends and find a community. And I don't want to be in a choir. I just want to have the skill of singing and I want to find community. And the same thing's happening when I talk about I want to be a stand-up comedian. What's happening is I want to be funny and liked and likable and for people to enjoy spending time with me, which comes from like a very deep emotional yearning and loneliness that I constantly have inside me. And then the second thing is, And I want to be up on stage sharing something with people that is beneficial for their lives. But I actually don't want to share comedy with people. Like, yeah, I want to be funny and entertaining, but I don't want to do stand-up. And I had this, like, white hot memory flash of being in high school. And I think it might have been the guy from 127 Hours. You know that movie where the guy gets his arm stuck between, like, a boulder and a... He's hiking and he has to cut his arm off? I think the real man who that story is based on, because in the film it's James Franco, who, spoiler alert, still has both his arms. Well, I mean, we haven't heard from him in a few weeks, but last we all heard he still had both his arms. The actual guy that that's based on, I think he came to my school. If it wasn't him, it was somebody else who had lost a limb in some kind of outdoorsy activity. And they came and they did a motivational speech at my high school. And in high school, I was like, I want to do that. I was like, I want to go to high schools and tell people, shit is okay but it was because I was highly depressed and was just I just wanted to go to schools and say to people it's okay to be depressed shit's gonna get better I just like already at that point in time was like be the person who you needed when you were younger I'm like no one's doing that I want them to do that but obviously like I went to a private school and obviously there was a lot of like hush hush keep it under the rug we don't want to advertise or even admit by inviting someone to talk about mental health issues that our fucked up school system is maybe contributing to your negative mental health they're obviously not prepared for that to be a thing so they never would have invited anyone like that um but I do have a friend uh, from high school who I say friend from high school we're not friends anymore we don't talk but he I spoke to him a few years ago um when I bought my camera off him and he does speaking at high schools about sexual health and mental health um, specifically around LGBTQIA plus issues and I think something to do with um, what's that stuff called? I think it's called PrEP Plus. It's like an AIDS medication. That is the least informed sentence I've ever said. But it's around um, if you are HIV positive, you can get a medication which suppresses that something I oh I'm not a doctor I'm gonna step back from this ledge of making a huge mistake but anyway he specifically discusses um like AIDS HIV medication thing that I think is called prep plus I could be wrong um sexual health in amongst that and then also mental health um because he's personally had some mental health um issues and diagnosis in his life so he talks about that and I was like cool how do I how do I do that how do I become that person because I see videos of like um, YouTubers like Joe Sugg or whoever who are obviously huge in the UK and they like go back and visit their old school. And part of me is like, why? What are you providing those kids other than for them to be like, oh my God, it's Joe Sugg. And like he went to school here, but now he's like 24 and I was 16 and I want to date him, which is like weirdly fucked up. And so they take photos with him and like go home and like have their first wank about it. And then that's it. Like, that's all he's providing them. And look, 
I think that like providing specifically young women with like their first masturbation experience, that's important, Joe Sug. I'm not taking that away from you. But couldn't you go there and like give a talk about, I don't know, something that school doesn't teach you? Because school doesn't teach you like how to drive, how to do your taxes, how to take care of your mental health, uh, about toxic relationships and how to spot red flags. School doesn't teach you so much shit. If you have the opportunity to go back and speak to young people, why are you doing something useful with it? And like, yeah, maybe the school doesn't want you to. I totally understand that. And I'm not specifically calling out Joe Sug. I just mean, you know, you know what I mean? Um, He's cool. I like watch his videos sometimes and whatever. He seems like a very friendly, nice person. But there is a whole slew of that. Like when you get famous on YouTube for just being yourself, then all you provide to people is just like, I'm myself. And you're like, no, no, no. You need to do something more than that. I don't know. Is that shitty of me to say? You're not doing enough for other people. Just being famous isn't enough if you don't give back. But genuinely, I think that's part of why I started making YouTube videos is, yeah, because I wanted to connect with people and make friends and feel heard and blah, 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 and document my holiday and all of the excuses that I've given. And obviously there's no one reason anyone does anything sometimes, but rarely. And so there was no one reason why I started YouTube. But I think part of it was this really deep um, aching that I have to be like a motivational speaker. (laughs) But I have nothing motivational to say. And I keep telling people I'm going to write a book on divorce or a book on how you should divorce, get a divorce, even if you're not married. And the concept of divorce, which is just to break up from things that society tells you are important, which is as a woman having a husband. Um, But everybody of every gender should be able to divorce themselves from societal expectations. And I think that's my like, that's my motivational speaker person. I'm like, I'm going to write a book about it because I'm a writer. But genuinely, I'll never write that book. But if I just wrote a TED talk about it, maybe, and part of, I said a few weeks ago, or maybe the literally last podcast I put up, but for me recording, it was weeks ago. I was talking about a guy called Struthless and I said, if I just want to pass on information that's helpful to people like he does, if I could make something like that, that would be really important to me and really special to me. And I believe that. I just don't know what my message is other than like, I'm kind of weird, so it's okay to be weird. And I hate everything about myself and like I'm doing okay. So you like don't hate yourself. That's not good, but you can get away from that mentally and still be healthy. I don't know. Maybe that's not my message. But I started a website, which I think is supposed to be the same thing. But I get my problem with Hannah wants to be a motivational speaker is I get real preachy real quick. I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell you something and this is correct. Mm-hmm. I know everything. So, wow, I was an actual literal Muppet just then. So I have to learn to step back from that, which is why for this podcast, I was like, I'm just going to chat shit because then I'm not the person that's like, um, I'm going to teach you something. I don't want to teach. I don't want to try to become a teacher. That's totally different. I just want to talk about my shit. And then if you feel like you relate to that or connect to that or understand that or are seen or belong because of that, fucking yes. And I think that's what I mean by I want to be a motivational speaker. I don't want to stand up there and be like, here are the 10 steps of how to fix your life. Because I don't know. I don't know what they are. And I don't think I'll ever know. Uh, But I do at least want to just be like, here's all of some stuff. (laughs) So figure out which of that applies to you and learn some lessons from it. And to do that, Uh, This means that I have to become a story time YouTuber. 
oh, do we all feel dirty about it? I feel a bit dirty about it. I don't want to become a story time YouTuber. But but that's exactly that's essentially what I'm saying that I should be doing. It's just telling stories about my life and my experiences as a woman who's been divorced, uh, as someone who got shot at. Um, just like living life and going through the stuff that you go through in life and also like the good things, which I never seem to remember when I'm listing shit that's happened in my life. Definitely good things have happened to me. I just don't know what any of them are. Thanks, lack of serotonin in my brain. Uh, yeah, so I guess this is me being like, so I can just stop talking about creating content and how to create content and, oh my gosh, engaging with my face and voice, which is all I do on this podcast. But that's what girl inside is, okay? It's a look into my thoughts and that's all I think about is how to make stuff and how to make stuff better and how to make better stuff. <sighs> I don't know. I'm going to put that in some like cursive ink in a frame in my office. Make stuff, make better stuff, make stuff better. I don't know. The, that came, that was the wrong way around, but putting it on a poster. I will never do that, but I want to. So don't steal the idea. So, yeah, I guess um, that's what Girl Inside might transition into is just like me telling stories. I don't know, because at a point I kind of don't know what this is. Um, which is kind of fine because it doesn't have to be anything specific other than what I'm figuring it out as. But also I'm starting to think, I, it was like, I'm going to do it during quarantine or I'm going <laughs> to, here's the thing. I'm going to use quarantine as an excuse to start a podcast that I've always wanted to start and learn how to use my podcast microphone that I had for a year and a half before I started using it. And then when quarantine is over and lockdown is over, I'll just continue it. And then people can't be like, why did you start a podcast? Um, what do you love the sound of your own voice? And I'd be like, yes, I do. Uh, but I could use the excuse of like, oh, I was in quarantine and I, you know, couldn't make vlogs or whatever because I couldn't go out into public. So I did this and then it would kind of give me an excuse. Sort of like when people are like, oh, oh, you put on weight. Yeah, we were in isolation. OK, that's fine. Somehow that's acceptable now. Like everyone's talking about like it's OK to put on weight. It always has been OK to put on weight. Uh, people just uh, fat shamers. So I think that that's part of why I started this was like because I wanted to make a podcast and I didn't know how to do that without feeling embarrassed about it. Like I'm so afraid of people thinking that I'm into myself. So terrified of that, that I could never be like, yeah, I wanted to start a podcast because I think I have something valuable to put out into the world. And I don't know what that is yet or what form that takes. But the only way I'm going to find out is by talking at my microphone for 30 minutes every few weeks. And just what comes out will help me find the direction of what it is that I want to say to the world. Is that that's somehow embarrassing to me to like admit and I can only admit it because I'm right now I'm by myself in my room. I know I'm spending this time with you, but to me, it, I'm just alone in my childhood bedroom saying things that I wouldn't say to someone else, to, to not really many other people, if anyone at all. And that's also part of why I wanted to start a podcast because it's like, oh, yeah, I can get away with for myself and for my own insecurities. I can get away from them because it's like you're just talking out loud to yourself in your bedroom, which I do all the time. I talk out loud to myself around my house constantly. And I think part of why I started doing that was because 
if you think something and then leave the room, you forget it. But if you say it out loud, you're less likely to forget it. And I kept finding myself having to walk back through doorways to remember what it was that I had said. Um, I'm an obsession with doorways. I'm an obsession with doorways. I am. And also because I think someone, someone was like, <laughs> only crazy people talk out loud to themselves. And I was like, well, I'm crazy. I should be talking out loud to myself. <laughs> and just like bought into that stereotype because I was like, well, if I'm crazy, I'm going to do it the most perfect way. I'm going to be the most perfect at being crazy. So I'd better talk out loud to myself. Oh, you can hear myself fiddling with this cord, this little thing, because I can't pick at my hangnails anymore. Next to all of my fingers is like bleeding. <laughs> I really need to moisturize my hands. Okay. It's been real cold the past few weeks. We've been doing a lot of the heater on, the fire on. I haven't been moisturizing my hands. <laughs> I moisturized my arms today and then a second later was like, wait, did I moisturize my arms? Because it had already soaked in so quickly because my skin was like, girl, please, I'm thirsty. So I really have to get some of that hand cream. I'm in my 30s now. I can use hand cream, right? That's what 30-year-olds do, use hand cream. That's me. Um, but I was talking about becoming a story time podcast. Oh, so I think that's what we have to transition to because nothing's happening to me. So I don't have any like current stories I don't have anything new to say. I have six thoughts. And those thoughts are, how do you make good online content? Subway should tessellate their cheese and I'm a crazy person. And the three more that I couldn't conjure right now, but I sure you, I'm sure you know what they are. One of them is probably like, I'm horny about strawberries, which is a real weird tangent we went down in like episode two or three. And because I don't have any more than six thoughts when I'm not engaging with other humans really at all, I, I just sitting here chatting is like, it's what I want to do, but I don't have anything useful to say. So I think what we're going to start trying to do is maybe telling some more stories. I really wanted to tell the story of when I got shot at in America. I'm like ready to tell that story. When I did my vlogs in 2016, I skipped a day and there were like four people watching my channel at the time. And I was like, hey guys, sorry that I skipped a few days. Just letting you know, like I had some personal issues that I went through, which I'll tell you about one day. And then I kept alluding to it. <laughs> in random other videos throughout like my YouTube making history being like yeah one day I'll tell you about when I got shot at lol hey, America for the July shooting so, such humor deflecting real emotions with jokes um and I never told anyone what the story was and I know that like nobody is following like the Hannah Darkling YouTube canon and caring but I'm ready to tell that story out loud in public I once tweeted something about gun some gun laws in America. There was another mass shooting and I tweeted something like, I was in your country for three months and I got shot at. So maybe that's too much shooting. Just full stop. And then some American Trump supporter commented and was like very rude to me about it. And I just remember being like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. And I don't want to ever talk about this if this is the type of reaction I get. But like, no, like I'm... I make a small enough drop in the pond of content uploaded to the internet that I don't care at this point in time. If I say something about shootings and some Trumpian American is like, I should have gun rights. And I'm just like, okay, that, that doesn't change what happened to me. So I'm ready to talk about that. Um, I would like to also talk about stuff that's fun. But as I said a few moments ago, don't always remember the good things that have happened to me. Which is like real depressing. Constantly try to keep a diary. Can't do that. So I can't even look back at old diaries or journals and like be, oh yeah, remember when this thing happened? Which is, I constantly try to because I want to remember the good stuff. But then I ended up just being negative in all of them. Try to do like um, morning pages from the writer's way. 
I don't, I just end up being like a negative Nancy. So I have to stop and it doesn't help my creative writing all that much. She says having done zero creative writing in months, but oh well. Look, we've been inside struggling for months. I don't have to create anything right now. I just have to become the person that will create in the future. I have to experience things so that I can then put them out into the world later. Right? I don't know. I think I read that on an Instagram post once. But if you guys have any topics that you would like me to cover on this podcast, let me know. I'll take them into consideration. Um, Even if you don't, just let me know that you're listening. Because I don't know who's I don't know who's checking this stuff out, man. I see the numbers. Some of these episodes get to double digit views. Woo! But I'm like, which 10 of my friends are listening to this? Like, who, <laughs> who is? Um, because, okay, here's why you should say and comment and be like, yo, Hannah, it's me. That's one of those like seven or 10 or whatever people listening or watching is because otherwise I'll just tell you these same. St- I'll just tell you these same stories. I don't have that many stories and nothing's happening when we're in isolation. So I'm just going to accidentally tell you these same stories multiple times. And if you should go, yeah, babe, I listened to that podcast. Or if I already know that you've listened to the podcast, I'll be like, don't tell that story to those few people. I hope you guys are going really well. Uh, the, it's still a really weird time. Things are starting to open back up again. I'm really trepidatious about it. I have vocally said on a lot of my social medias that I refuse to leave this house until at least Halloween um, because I just think it's unrealistic that we will have a viable um, vaccine before then and I just think it's unsafe to be going out. There's going to be a second wave, so continue social distancing, continue washing your hands, continue wearing masks, continue doing all of those things that you have been doing to stay safe if you do end up leaving the house because your work is like, working from home is over now, which I'm terrified of happening. If they tell me to go back to the office, I'll probably be like, yeah, I quit, actually, <laughs> which is shit because I, just, I need the money, but it's, you know, I don't want to go to an office where they're recirculating the same air for eight hours back into my lungs of however many people breathing. That seems not cool. So stay safe out there, everybody. Um, You're a babe for getting through it both this time and also the 30 plus minutes of this podcast. Thanks for sticking through. And I will see you next time. Cheers, guys.